I'm Peter Hernandez, and I've been in the real estate industry for 50 years as an agent, president, and founder of a brokerage. You're listening to The Core Truth, a collection of my experience, knowledge, and advice for real estate agents and executives to take their career to the next level. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Core Truth. I'm your host, Peter Hernandez, and today I have Michelle Nassani, coach and mentor at Douglas Elliman for all of the new agents and talent that we bring into the firm. We have a really exciting conversation today because I think it was two years ago, Michelle, or was it two and a half years ago, maybe? Maybe about two and a half years ago, I think. Michelle, being one of our top agents in Beverly Hills, came to us and said, you know what, I really think I want to train and coach and mentor agents. And we said, well, great idea. Why don't you put together a business plan for us as to what you would do and how you'd be compensated and how you would help agents and what kind of curriculum you'd put together and all that. And that is something we do with a lot of people with good ideas. And generally, nobody comes back to us with anything. You know, the idea of writing a business plan usually throws most people off. But within like two days, Michelle is back with this very, very detailed business plan. It was way more than a page. And we said, wow, she's really put some thought into this. Let's go with it. And the results have been unbelievable because in this industry, new agents, I think, what, what do you think? Typically, like maybe a 10% success rate, like if mm-hmm. 10 agents enter the business, maybe one will make it. Yeah, I think and that's we, the industry standard here in California. Yeah. And when we mean make it, you know, actually, you know, have an income to live in the city of Los Mm -hmm. Angeles, to have a, you know, consistent flow of business, you know, not just be starving every month waiting for another deal. I mean, someone that really, really gets it. So Michelle put together this program and I think Michelle, I think your success rate is like 30, 35%. I mean, you've, you've almost tripled the success rate. Yeah, we've actually had really good numbers. I think this year alone, I've trained 65 agents. Uh, We have 28 currently in the program. Um, Eight of those agents have done deals this year so far, and there's a lot more in the pipeline. And, um, you know, of of those agents that I've trained, I think four, five of them are going to go on to make, you know, the 250, you know, plus mark. Uh, Some of them are already there. You know, it's it's been incredibly successful. This is this is this has been just fabulous for the company because, you know, for most companies, when an agent enters the business, they're given a desk, a phone, and said, "Go make it happen," and that's about it, with zero right. instructions. When you when you get your real estate license, they don't really teach you the business, do they? You just learn the legalities. That's been. Of it. I've been doing this now for so long that it it was at the very beginning of this, it was hard to remember what it was like being brand new. And I think I came to the business from a different perspective because I, I was an interior architect. And so I understood construction. I understood what, what it took to take a, a, a property from not looking great to looking great. And I invested and that's how I got my legs in the business and thought, yeah. oh, I, actually, I really like the selling part of this too. And I want to focus on that. And so I had a lot of knowledge coming into the business about the process of selling because I'd already bought and sold, I don't know, five or six homes before I even got my license. And so for me, I had a very different entry in, whereas most agents haven't bought their first home, particularly now, you know, we're, we're now in 2023 when homes are... 10 times the price is when I got into the market. 
And so, you know, the youngsters getting in have not bought a home, have not sold a home, uh, have no kind of insight. And, and the, the, the real estate exam does not prepare you even how to write a contract. Mm-hmm. And the contracts change every year. So, you know, it's not only that you have to keep up with all the changes, but you have to know the basis. And it was shocking to me. That was the biggest eye opener to me about how little they actually understood about being able to do a transaction. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, we don't really learn that to pass the test. We learn a lot of very, very important things about fiduciary relationships and client care and standards of service and ethics and all that. But the actual practice of the business to build a business, to, to sell a home, to what do you say to a client, to all those things, that's what you do. And what makes you uniquely, um, talented and right for this job is that your real estate career has been extremely successful. Um, but what makes it even more, um, I think relevant and, and beneficial to the agents that are in your program, Michelle is, is that you cannot, you'll not only know how to sell residential, but you know how to sell commercial and investment properties as well. So that makes you a much better, I think, mentor and instructor because not only can you instruct and teach and train on all those different um, skill sets, but you also can maybe help agents identify where they should put their efforts based on their personalities and their clients and what they do. Right. Exactly. Because that different people come to me, you know, and, and I've got one girl right now, she's putting an offer in, uh, actually she put an offer in yesterday. We're going through negotiations and she's really working with developers and it suits her personality. She gets the numbers. She understands the numbers. And those are the conversations we've had with her, um, you know, and then on the other side of the scale, there's the, there's the agents that are strictly door knocking and they're farming. And I've done that, you know, that's how I began in my career is knocking on doors in the Beverly Hills post office for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And so understanding like each different aspect of how you can build a business um, and helping them identify what works for them. Mm -hmm. You know, you've, and I went through this too, you know, I went through these processes of, you know, I really tried door knocking, but at the end of the day, you know, what really worked for me was, was talking to people I know on an intimate level. You know, I wasn't great at parties. I'm not great at big networking events. I was shy at the door. But if I'm at a small dinner party, I'm on fire. And it's really getting to understand for each individual, what does that mean? You know, what, what what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And then you can see people doing, trying different things. And you're like, great, but this is what really works for you. So focus on that. And having somebody help you uh, stay on track is is, because there's so many options and there's so many different things you could be doing to generate business. But what is it that's going to work for you? I think is important very early on to identify. Right. Well, there's, there's never a shortage of people that want to join Douglas Elliman as new agents and, and be part of your program. But for you and for the time you invest and your commitment to these agents, it's really important to you to kind of qualify them during the interview. Right. What are the traits that you notice and what are you looking for? What may, in other words, what makes successful agents different in your opinion? Well, one of the first questions I ask an agent on the phone is what's your plan? And I'll get two different answers. Uh, The first answer is, well, that's what I'm hiring you for. Right. And then the other one is, well, I've thought about this and I'm going to try this, this, this. I've got this social sphere. I've got, you know, this is an area I've known for a million years. They come from different perspectives. 
but they've actually given it thought. And it's kind of like what you said at the beginning, you know, a lot of people don't want to put a business plan together. A lot of people don't want to um, try and plan things. They want somebody else to do it for them. And that's not going to generate success. You've got to have some level of motivation to do this yourself. And your mentor is your support, your cheerleader, um, help with direction, but they're not the one doing it. They, the, the, what I'm looking for is somebody who wants to do it. They want to learn how to fish, not to be given the fish. That's really what I'm looking for. And, and the other part of it is the understanding, the, the financial aspect. You know, the understanding this takes time. And generating any business is going to take time. So you need a plan in place and you need the finances to support that. Um, and if you don't have those two things, you're already starting off. I mean, it's so hard to make it in business, in any business, but particularly real estate in California, that you've got to start off with an edge. You've got to start off with everything going right, you know, everything for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And And it's not to say you can't make it without the finances in place, but you've got to have a plan and you've got to have the drive and you can't have, this isn't a B plan or this isn't a, an additional stream of income. I mean, I've, no, I've heard that quite job. a few times. This is not a part-time job. Yeah. I still work 10 or 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you do. You know, it's interesting. I mean, you, you know, we've seen people come in that have the sphere, have the law degrees, mm -hmm. have had all this stuff and they just flop. Right. And we've also seen people come in that, have nothing going for them. They may even be too young or too old, but they just come in and they make it happen. Right. What's the difference? I, I think it comes down to that drive. I mean, uh, there was one agent, it was just when the pandemic started. He just got his license here in California, literally moved from Chicago and did not know a single soul in California, was unable to do any of the traditional things. He wasn't able to go to the doors. He wasn't able to do door knocking. Uh, he wasn't able to do cold calling. He wasn't able to, um, you know, socialize. We couldn't even show property at the beginning of the pandemic. And I said, there's only one thing you can do is get on the phone. And he got on the phone. You know, he did He did what was needed to do to, to, to do the business. You know, mm -hmm. I set a schedule out for every agent. And it's the same schedule. It has the same things in. Prospect, set appointments. If you don't have an appointment, set more, you know, do more prospecting right. over lunch work on your listing presentation read your forms work on your buyer's presentation and in the you know at the end of the day you're working on your marketing and all the follow-up calls and emails and then in between that you're going to have to run an escrow when you actually get into escrow that's your schedule day in day out six days a week five days a week however long you want to work and most of the agents when i see their schedule come back when they've refined it to their day to day they've taken out half of that stuff yeah. And that's they, the problem. You've got to do all of it. <laughs> do you find that agents have a tendency to renegotiate? Like they say, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then they start renegotiating with themselves. Yeah. Or they second guess, or I they think there's guess. just a general underestimation of what it actually takes. I think that's yeah. the biggest key to a successful agent is yeah. they don't underestimate what it takes. Right. When you think of like there's 280 contracts, just from the contract perspective alone, there's mm -hmm. 280 contracts. Mm -hmm. If you don't start reading them in your first year, you're at such a deficit because an agent like myself, who's been in the industry, you know, 20 plus years, I know those contracts backwards and forwards. And when you're in negotiation with somebody who knows how to do this and somebody who doesn't, I can sniff out a new agent or somebody who's not very good easily and I can use it to my client's advantage. So A, it's your ethical duty to be, 
you know, to really get up to speed with what needs to be learned. And that takes, you know, that's a chunk of time, you know, so you've got to get up to speed where just the average agent is at to be able to even be in business. Right. Um, so the recognition of that from the start off and the people who have a plan and, and actually do the work that's not necessary to find, a, you know, in the day, but they understand it's necessary over time. That's the, that's the key, I think. So what are the sub-levels of agents? We have, we've kind of described the agents that we are pretty confident is going to make it. Now, what are the different right. levels? Well, I think there's always going to be that agent that makes, you know, a hundred thousand and, and is perfectly happy doing that. You know, they sell a couple, I mean, in California, that is a couple of sales. So that's not somebody I would think of as a really successful agent. Cause I think it takes about a hundred deals to really understand the business. And so if you're only doing a couple of deals a year, you're never going to get to that level, but at the same time, it's a good income, right? I mean, it's not bad. Um, to survive in California, I'm not sure it's enough, but <laughs> but yeah. there's always going to be that level of agent, you know. And then there's the agent that I think, you know, year in, year out, they're making 200, 250,000. And those are, you know, a good probably 20% of our industry, 10% even maybe. Um, and then you have the top, you have the true stars who are going to go on to make, you know, 500,000 plus, a million dollars plus. And, you know, and those are the true stars at the end of the day. Um, I think that's kind of where the, the levels end. How, how much do you think million dollar listing has the TV show has either helped <laughs> or hurt, you know, our industry in terms of perception of the business? I think in, I, I, I mean, it made me laugh that one agent came in and, and she's like, oh my God, this is so hard. And I was like, well, you know, when you're thinking that you sell a $3 million house and you make $75,000 in gross commission, would you really anticipate that it's easy? That was my first, you know, like nobody's right. giving you a paycheck on that level if it's going to be something that anybody and everybody can do. That is the reality, although it's not necessarily the perception. Mm -hmm. And then she actually said, it's not like it is on TV, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. I mean, I'm like, no, those shows are, are, are they're, they're, yeah. they're for entertainment. They're not really about what the, the business is about. And I think before I started this, I began to feel like, you know, because after you've done hundreds of deals, you begin to feel like there's a system. Mm -hmm. It's, it's easy. Why am I getting, you start to, why am I getting paid this much money? And then when you start to work with people who are brand new, you recognize how much knowledge you actually have that serves the client. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting to that place, um, I don't think is necessarily portrayed by the TV shows and, right. and what that really looks like. So right now, you know, one would say is one of the most unusual, toughest markets we've ever been in. Um, For sure. Yeah. And I would say that, um, uh, you know, agents right now, you know, is it a good time for an agent to enter the business? I, I guess would be one question. And the other question I would ask you in the same breath would be, what do agents need to work on right now during mm -hmm. this time? Well, I mean, I come from a very positive perspective on that. It's kind of like, we are in the hardest market. I, I would say I'm working twice as hard to make the same amount of money as I would have made you know, a few years ago. You know, inventory is incredibly tight because of circumstances we can't control. But what I know about the market, you know, 
when I came into this business, the market was really low because it was an earthquake, you know, the Northridge earthquake. And, and it took a while for that to recover. And there was so much inventory, right? So that was like, this could be a really bad time to get into the market because there's so much inventory and there's not enough buyers. Nobody wants to live here, right? <laughs> Believe it or not. And then you have 2008, another really difficult time in our industry. That was one of my biggest years um, in terms of sales. And, and now we've got this market. I think in any market, the factors of why people move still exist. You know, people yeah. get people get married, people have children, people get divorced, people pass away, um, people get great jobs. You know, all of those things continue to happen. So regardless of how bad the market is perceived in the media or how hard it actually is, it, that's never going to change wherever we are. So get in now if you want to do it, but commit. And I think what agents need to work on is, you know, two things. It's, as you said, building a business and generating, you know, and learning how to do the business. You know, one is about generating business, generating leads, generating people that you can find to help buy and sell. And then the other one is, well, how do I actually do this? How do I sell a house? How do I help somebody buy a house? How do I negotiate? How do I write the contract? You've got to have that that's that's the area you've got to get up to speed on. And I think that does take time to learn. And there's no rushing it. I, I had one agent come to me and they said, I just need you to condense everything you know into like a month's program. I'm like, that's not possible. Like your growth through this, the minute you start knocking on doors, the first month, it's not about how, if you're even going to find somebody who's going to do business with you. It's about getting over your fear of actually even being at that door. Mm. And then yeah. it's understanding, you know, you hear what they say, you, you know, you hear what you say, how did that work? And then if you come home and do the homework and figure out, okay, what, what did I say that worked? What did I say that felt awkward? Um, where could I have taken the conversation if I'd have stayed just a couple more seconds at that door? Mm -hmm. um, a smile goes a long way. You know, when you're at the door, that was one thing that I really learned. You know, I have a serious resting face, but you put a smile on and people respond in a different way. You go to the door with confidence that people will respond in a different way. If you're at coffee with somebody and you're really interested in them and you're asking questions and you're connecting, that's that's something that takes time to understand how to do and be comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. um, so that part is it's all the learning process. And I think right. that's what they need to work on. Right, right, right. Do you see like common shortcomings agents have that if we could pinpoint them, they could avoid them and possibly shortcut their progress? I think one of the biggest things is you have to come from a place of service. I think that's huge. I think nobody, nobody wants to be sold. I don't want to go into a clothes shop and have a salesperson selling me just so that they make a commission. And I think that's every buyer and seller's fear. Are they just trying to make a commission? They're in it for themselves. Right. You genuinely, and people can tell when you're faking it, you genuinely have to care about people and want the best for them. And in the long term, um, that really works because if you really do care and you do a really great job for somebody and you're holding their best interests at heart and sometimes a deal has to, um, you know, you're in escrow and you figure out some things and even the client wants to buy the house, but you're like, look, these are the things that are wrong with it. Are you sure? When you have those kind of conversations, it builds trust mm -hmm. and they're going to then understand you are on their side and you're looking out for them. And I think that's our job. That's, yeah. 
that's actually what makes our business strong in the long run. Because when people feel like you've you've been trustworthy, you've looked out for them, you've done a great job for them, you're going to get referrals. That's right. And at the end of the day, that's what this business is about, is generating the leads that, you know, in your 20th year in this career that you're going to, you know, be able to live off. And I think the shortcoming is it's an underestimation of how much work it takes <clears throat> and um, short-sightedness. Uh, short you mm -hmm. need to be thinking long-term, not short-term. Right. I, you know, it's funny you say that. It just reminds me that, that <laughs> most me. successful agents, and I'm sure you can relate to this, have somewhere between five and 10 repeat customers. Yes. That represent yeah. anywhere from 30 to 70% of their business. And yeah. they continually give them referrals and make recommendations. How do you build that, 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 that group of clients? And how do you like maintain it in, in your opinion? For me personally, um, I made a list of everybody I knew and my focus was to find the people that, you know, that I was around that were going to support me, that, that were, that were there to help me as much as I am to help them. Mm -hmm. And we're willing to do that because some people that, you know, they're not going to be the referring type of people. They're just not going to ever refer somebody, even if they love you, they're not going to do it. Some of your people that you know are never going to do business with you because they want to keep friendship and business separate. But then there's those other people that want to see the best for you in the same way that you want to see the best for them. And that's the, the great thing about having that attitude in the first place. It does come back. You, you surround yourself. If you're, if you're looking to be of service, you're going to surround yourself by like-minded people. Mm. And so I focused on finding, you know, who, who is going to do multiple business? So it's going to be somebody from the investment side, which was already my natural progression anyway. I came from this from an investor's mindset. I came from this enjoying that part of the business and creating that niche of expertise. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it was a focus. And I think that's where you've got to have. You've got to, it's not about trying to do everything. It's about focusing on the things that you're, you enjoy, that you like. And, and so that was what I did. I looked for the people who are going to be able to refer me. So the attorneys in my network or just friends who were very social, who would have a big network. Mm -hmm. um, and it was as simple as, you know, going for a walk in the park with a couple of people and saying, hey, I want to do 50 deals this year. And I'd love you to be a part of that and help me. Mm -hmm. um, and there's going to be people that say yes. And there's people going to say yes and actually help you, you know. Wow. And so it's about pinpointing those people. I love, um, and, I love and, it. And and that's really and that, that those people have supported me, and I I go out of my way to do everything I can for those people too. One thing I know, I don't care what level you're at, and mm -hmm. and how good you are. Everyone has slumps. Everyone has has moments, right, in their career right. where I've had a few. <laughs> where I know where they're struggling, and and, yeah. and and I guess for the new agent, how long should they hang in there? Well, I think it depends. You know, I think if this is your A plan and you're really suited to business and you've had a little bit of success and then you're, you, for whatever reason, life hits you hard for a moment or, um, you know, you just get into your head, how am I ever going to make this work? You know, I haven't had a sale. I'm never going to sell another house. I mean, those are fears I think almost every agent has. I know I've had them. If you get in a, a moment or you're overtired or you've had a, 
a client conversation that didn't go well, you know, you do get into your head about those things. So you have to recognize, is it a slump because of just the moment? And, you know, it's always going to end. You're always going to find another way, right? So, you know, things go down, things go up. That's the very nature of things. So it's recognizing that and being able to get through it. But then on the other hand, if it's the agent that really isn't suited to this business, you're an agent that doesn't have great people skills, that doesn't have the ability to connect, that really doesn't understand the business or, you know, human psychology, you're going to really struggle in this business. You know, to that agent, I would say everybody has a skill set. Go and find something to do that works for your skill set. Real estate isn't for everybody. You know, there's a skill set that you need in real estate. And if you don't have it, you're going to struggle. So you've got to identify where the struggle is, I think. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, what, what makes one, in, I think we've kind of covered this, but is there anything else you want to add to what makes one suited to being in real estate, in your opinion? I mean, we've talked about drive for sure, mm -hmm. but is there any other I, factors? Well, I think, as we said, you know, it's, um, it's coming from a place of service. I think that's key. Uh, commitment. I think you've got to be really committed to real estate if, or, or any business. I, I don't think real estate is alone when we talk about that. I think in any business that you're going to set up, um, you've got to do everything it takes to make it in that business. So you've got to identify what is it that you're going to have to do, mm -hmm. right? And if somebody's telling you you need to do this, 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 and this, are you the person that's doing it or are you the person that just takes one thing off that list? Mm -hmm. And so the person that takes one thing off that list, as opposed to doing everything, isn't going to be the one suited to this business. The person looking for somebody else to give them answers isn't going to be suited to this business. This business is about um, sorting out problems. It's actually about already understanding what problems could happen, identifying them and figuring out how they can be solved before they even become issues, right? right. So you've got to have that level of understanding of the business um, so at the very beginning, you know, your job is to really get to grips with what this business is about. Right. Um, and, and if that's not your passion, if that's not your journey, then go and find what is, you know, because you do have to work really hard to get going. I don't, I don't know if, um, anybody listening has been watching the, uh, I think it's, ne it's either Netflix or Apple or it might even be Hulu actually. Right. Um, it's called the bear. And it's about this oh, restaurant that opens. Yeah. And it's an amazing, amazing, amazing story. And I think it if you could apply what they go through. <laughs> to real estate. To real estate. I think it's almost identical. It kind of reminds me of Telus Properties in a lot of ways. You know, the dads, yeah, yeah. The, the outs, the partners, this, that, everything that goes on in a in a relationship like that. It, it's a great, it's right. a great little tutorial on how to be in business. Um, well, and also learning how to have those relationships, right? You've got to right. really that person that's going to hang in there, you know, um, and, and, and try and get clients out of their own way. I mean, you've yeah. got to be so firm in yourself of, of the direction that you need to lead people. And you have to be a leader in this business because yeah, you, you have to lead the agent on the other side. You have to lead um, the clients on the other side. Um, you have to lead your own clients to get them to the goal that they're setting. It's not about getting them to your goal. It's about getting them to their own goals. But sometimes we all do, we all get in our own way. So you have to be the leader as the agent. And so I think that's where you, you, you have to understand in your, in your group of people that you know, in, in your networking and everything you do, you have to be the one to lead. Um, and so those are the people that are really suited to real estate. 
when people when people sign up for your program, I'm sure they're wondering, and I don't know if they asked the question, but how long should they expect for their first sale? Well, I always give a couple of answers to that one. <laughs> you know, it could happen today, tomorrow. I have had agents that come in and they make sales within their first three months. In fact, I've had one agent that's actually done all three sales in three months. Um, in, in our mentorship, we do three transactions together. Um, and then they go on to continued success. And then I have other agents that are working on it for two years. And the reason, and, and then, you know, you have to begin to think, okay, if you haven't made a sale in two years, why, right? Now, if the answer is, I have been mailing consistency consistently for, you know, three times a month, and, and that's been my marketing, and I've been out door knocking, I understand that that method of generating business really does take time because it does take 18 months for you even to get name recognition when you're mailing. And it takes that same amount of time to get name recognition when you're door knocking. But at, at some point within that two year period, you should be seeing the fruits of your labor anywhere from 18 months to two years. And so then it's about what are you saying? You know, what are you saying at the door? Um, so I think two years is really the cutoff. If you haven't made at least a couple of sales within the first two years, um, there is a problem. But I would give it a good 18 months to two years because some methods of generating leads are going to be slower than others. Uh, I think I'm I think you would have given up on me. <laughs> I, 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 I am dead serious. It took me 10 years. Oh, wow. To figure it out. My first 10 years of the business. I mean, it was a consistent 30,000 a year. Oh, I don't mean, I just mean to make well, sales. Well, stay with yeah. me on this. I yeah. mean, it, I, I was a piss poor realtor. I mean, in a sense, I mean, I, I think I did a good job for my, I was like those agents that do a good job when they're in a deal, right. but they don't have the, uh, maybe the ambition or the, um, uh, the drive to be a prospector right. and to grow a business. Right. And I got to tell you that, you know, 10 years in my credit cards were maxed. I was really like not in a great place mentally. But that's what it was like. I hit a bottom. Right. And I remember that moment where I just said, I am sick and tired of this. Right, and right. I, I just revamped everything. And I was first in, last out. I, I, you know, changed my wardrobe, just changed everything about myself to be a player and to really right. get successful in this business. But the main, I would have to say that the main thing was I couldn't take unplanned days off. I couldn't like just skip out for a long lunch. I couldn't arrive to work late. You know what I mean? I had to be like really, really responsible and really work hard like it was my own business. Right. You know, how, how can you affect that change in a person or does it have to come from within like it did with me? Because I'm not sure anybody did anything or said anything to me that made me change. But I, I don't think try, we try. Think we try to motivate people all the time, don't we, Michelle? Right. Like, like I, and it's so interesting. Like I'll have someone uh, talk to me about this and tell me if this is your experience. I'll have someone come to me and say, Peter, what should I do? And we'll sit down and we'll craft out a plan. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll come up with the five. Action I know where items. you're going with this. <laughs> five action items with this, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'll, I won't hear from them, hide or hair. And then I'll run into this agent and I'll go, how's the plan going? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, I haven't started yet. I'm still thinking about what, you know what I mean? Or they'll have some some reason or the other person that really becomes successful comes back to me almost two days later and says okay i've accomplished everything what do i do now right and there's such a difference between that person and the other person that's still analyzing it thinking about it or maybe just procrastinating getting started right 
I mean, can we, and I can, relate to that. can we motivate those people to get off their butts and get going or what do we do? I think it has to come to, I think, I, I don't necessarily think you have to go to a bottom, although I think that is a big driving force, obviously. Um, but I do think you have to recognize it. And I, so I think that's where this, the help comes in. You can recognize what somebody's doing. So for instance, right now, you know, I'm also building my own business. You know, I've spent a couple of years on this mentorship and I want to be the type of mentor who is in this business, who is selling in this business. So yeah. I can have, you know, that experience to be able to share with, right. with the people that I mentor. I think that's super important. Yeah. And and it's it's been incredibly challenging for me to fit in because the mentorship is really a full-time gig. I mean, I'm working a good eight, 10 hours every single day. I know you are. And I feel like I'm a doctor on call 24-7, although I try not to be. Um, but I'm also now trying to put in things in place that I can generate my own business. Not that that's gone away, but it's mainly from those referrals. I'm not doing much to output to try and generate, right? I'm just receiving and so, you know, I tell my agents, I'm in the exact same position as you are. You know, I've hired a coach to help me see what I'm doing. You know, it's like, so she actually now has my calendar. Mm. She sees what I'm doing. It's a level of accountability because I really want it. I yeah, really want good. to grow, right? And and that, that's the part about the mentorship that really excites me is I love to watch people grow. And I'm fascinated by this exact question. How do you motivate not only yourself, but other people to do this? And I had a coaching call yesterday and she said, you know, <clears throat> Michelle, you said you were going to do this, this and this. And you, you haven't done those things yet. So what are you actually going to commit to? And I said, well, and she had these ideas and they weren't sitting with me. Right. I, I was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, I, that wasn't it wasn't something I was going to do. And I actually then opened up to her and said, I'm not going to do that. But let's figure. I like the idea, but let's figure out what, what I it will is do. That, that I, what I will do. Yeah. And and next and I've already done what she's asked me to do. And I think it's having somebody to recognize, you know, that's the part is that you can well, show that people. just shows you how important the student is in the process. Like <clears throat> like like the mentor just yes. can't tell people what to do, or the no. student just can't show up and just wait for the pearls of wisdom. They've no. got to bring something to the party. Yes. And that's what I was saying. The, the successful one isn't looking for me to do it. They're looking, they're they're bringing me something I can talk about. Right. You know, I've got a girl that I'm going to speak to later on this afternoon. She's like, Michelle, I've been, you know, working with three different buyers for the last three months and they've suddenly gone quiet on me. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. Can we have a call so I can tell you what's go, you know, what's happened so far? And if you can guide me through the situation, like if somebody comes to me with that, that's something I can help them solve. Right now, I don't know if the outcome is going to be there in their favor or out of their favor, but either way, I can help them move on with that client or without that client and finding new ones. Um, so that's what I'm looking for, that constant feedback and yeah. the willingness to actually make some change. You know, even even if they say, I'm not willing to do that, Michelle, let's find something I'm willing to do. That would be right. such a positive conversation. It really, it was freeing for me because up yeah. until that point, and you know, this is a relatively new coach. Up until that point, I hadn't felt comfortable enough to say no. Like, I'm not doing that because that doesn't work for me, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have that comfort. And, and then suddenly yesterday, I was like, okay, I can't do this part. Mm -hmm. But I can do something else. Like, I like the idea. What what can we figure out? Right. And I think when you can gain that risk, that, you know, that, um, that relationship with your mentor, I think it's really going to drive you. But the, the driving part, the wanting it, 
has got to come from you because unless you want it, you're not going to get up in the morning early. You're not going to put in 10 hours a day. You're not going to do the grind. I think people don't understand how much of a grind any business is. It's but right. there's a lot, you know, we talk about having a lot of passion for what we do, but we don't talk about behind that passion that may be for 10% of the activities that we do in a day. Yeah. The other 90% is total grind. It's like shoveling dirt. I know. It's like shoveling dirt, but yeah. you've got to do it. You That's have right. to do it. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, I think one problem, you know, I think that, that, that agents deal with, and I'd love you to touch on this a little bit, is is this concept of they want to guarantee if they go to an open house, they're going to get a sale, or if they knock on a door, they're going to, you know, get this or get that. And if it doesn't happen, you know, then it just becomes open houses don't work, door knocking doesn't work. And, and you have to really have an abundant mindset. You really have right. to believe there's an opportunity every day you wake up. There could be an opportunity with the guy delivering your FedEx package. There could be an opportunity you know, sitting inside a class with you, there's something, something will come up everywhere if your head's in the right space. So how important, right. and let's end on this, and it is, is an abundant mindset in your opinion. I think it's the key to success. I mean, and I've struggled with this myself, you know, it's, it's like you need the money, you need the sale, you need something to happen. And you're so focused on that and why it's not happening and you're pushing and you're pulling and you're, and yet when you relax and you're going to like, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> everything is okay. You know, it all works out. Um, and I think, you know, a coach said to me, look, it's all made up. You know, what we, how we live in our head is, is of our own manufacturing, right? So in a certain situation, you can look at it from a negative perspective, or you can look at it from a positive perspective. Mm -hmm. How you look at things is going to impact how you live on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. And if you show up in fear when you're going to talk to somebody, people are going to get that essence from you. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to, that's not going to attract business to you. If you, if you turn up with joy, enthusiasm, positivity, that is going to attract people to you. And, and, and understanding that life is, is a journey and uh, whatever happens to you, whether it's good or bad, is going to have an impact on you and change you. And hopefully if you do the work right, that's for the good. But if you if you if you start out from thinking, oh, I'm never going to make this work. I and I've, I've definitely had these doubts. You know, I'm never going to make another sale. How am I ever going to you know put food on the table? There's definitely been those parts in in you know in my timeline over the last twenty odd years. Mm -hmm. And you've got to get you've got to pull yourself out of that, mm -hmm. or surround yourself with people that can knock you on the head and say, Hey, you know. You, you've got to get out of this headspace. And, and, and so I think that's another part is having a really good group of people around you who yeah, can say, way. hey, Michelle, remember how good you were at this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do try and be for the mentees because it is hard. It is a struggle. And um, I don't think anybody that's gone through the program would say this is easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, however easy it might look on TV, you know, where those deals drop in your laps, you do have those moments, but still putting them together is, is you know, is hard. And, you know, having somebody to support you and support and, and keep saying, you know, there's, there's enough business. It's like you said earlier, is this a good time to get into the business? It's always a good time. Yeah, you know, there's always is. opportunity and really understanding there's opportunity everywhere. And one of the biggest things I hear from people, I, I've been cold calling for three months. It's not working. And my response is, how do you know? Because you're putting stuff out there. You're asking people to do business with you. You're asking for the business. You're trying to find out. 
you once you've put that phone down right now they have no desire to buy a house but unbeknownst to you though in a week's time they just got a great job offer and now they're moving up up to new york and they've got to sell in order to be able to buy in new york now because you've called them because you've been repetitively calling because your brand and your name is in front of them they call you but you wouldn't know that when you're saying in that first three months it's not working because all of that has to go on behind the scenes and I had an agent who was at the door who's, you know, he's he's an agent that's been in the business for 12 years in a different state. And, you know, he's going through that. I've been door knocking for nine months and, you know, I've not got any business from it. It's not working. And, you know, I said to him, well, I had a call from, you know, somebody who door knocked. It was actually an agent in our office. You door knocked the neighbor. And, you know, he felt so compelled after the conversation that he wanted somebody in management to know how great you were at the door. Now, unless that person had spoken to their neighbor and their neighbor had spoken to me and I'd spoken to you, you wouldn't know that that was what you left that person with. But the fact that you left that person with that and you're leaving 50 people every day with that or 150 people every single week with that feeling, that is going to bring you business. You just don't know when. So it is working, but it's working behind the scenes that you don't know about. That's right. So you just got to keep doing it. And that's where the abundant mindset, I think when you have that abundant mindset where, you know, there is opportunity everywhere and, you know, if you keep working at something consistently, and I think that's the biggest thing, be consistent. It's not good enough just to have the mindset. You've got to do the work. But if you do right. it with the right attitude, it's going to work. Well, Michelle, this has been a very, very valuable conversation. So thank you so much for um, joining me on The Core Truth. And thank you, everybody, for listening to The Core Truth and joining us again. Uh, we have another one planned coming up. So hang in there for the next one. Um, Michelle, you've just done a great job with our program. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity. All right. Have a great day, everyone.